Welcome to Casting About, an occasional audio podcast produced by the Lincoln City Libraries in Lincoln, Nebraska. Casting About features book reviews, news, and commentaries from staff members throughout our library system. I'm Scott from the Benham Martin Library downtown, and I'll be your host for this episode. Joining me today is Becky from the Walt Branch Library. Becky, I see in front of you that you have a couple of dog books. Tell us all about it. I do. Um, the first one is A Dog Named Beautiful. And the subtitle is A Marine, A Dog, and a Long Road Trip Home. The author, which is actually what caught my eye immediately, is Rob Kugler. This Kugler, the spelling, is the same as my sister's married name. So I was immediately intrigued to find out what's going on with this author and this dog, only to find out that the author himself is from Nebraska. Oh my so goodness. that was an added feature to be interested in. And basically, um, it is an, an odyssey of the heart and the spirit that this guy undertook. He served overseas um, in Afghanistan, and um, he comes from a blended family. He kind of refers to it as a, a not really a Brady Bunch, but sort of that situation where uh, his mom had three kids, and was already divorced and then met this man who had three kids and they got married and then they had him. But what resulted in this is um, because his parents themselves did not stay together for very long, he's kind of the odd kid out because he's the only child of both of his parents, whereas he has all these half-siblings on each side. Okay. So he always kind of struggled with that to begin with, kind of feeling like, where is my place exactly? Uh, but one of his brothers, Mike, and he were very close as they grew up together. And uh, Mike actually was also in the military and had been in for some time. I believe he's about five years older than Rob. And um, so then uh, kind of Rob was drifting, trying to figure out what to do and decided he would join the military as well. And he was a mechanic. So he was, um, even though he was on the front lines, he wasn't seeing action, um, which his brother had seen, but then sort of turned into more of a consultant type of position. And kind of to cut to the chase with that whole thing is that while uh, Rob was in active duty and had been planning to try to meet up with his brother at a nearby location between where they were both stationed, um, his brother died in an accident. I believe it was one of the ones where um, the landmine type situation occurred. Okay. Um, so he lost the person basically closest to him but didn't find out until a few days later because of the way communications kind of have to work in that situation. But kind of backing up, let me, let me read a couple of things here. Basically, the book gives all this background, but then it's also looking at his actual physical journey with his dog, Bella, and how um, even though Bella had been diagnosed with bone and lung cancer, she outlived the prediction of how much longer she would be around. And he decided, um, because she was such a loving spirit, loved adventure, loved being out and running around, it was just a happy, happy dog, that he wanted to try to go 
all kinds of places with her to just kind of let her fully live out the rest of her life. And so he essentially started traveling around the country. And they started kind of out in the East Coast and the Southern areas a little bit. And so he would take her to the, the seashore. He would take her to lakes. He would take her to mountains. He would go visit friends of his from um, the service and actually has a, a blog and an Instagram. So basically he was posting all these things on Instagram and started getting a huge following of sure, people of following their adventures as they went and kind of telling Bella's story. So they're going around and, you know, they would just, they would either stay with friends or camp out in his truck, which he outfitted to be sort of a camper, and just kind of let life flow. Uh, So in that way, I mean, it's really kind of inspiring to say, you know, just kind of going out and, and going for it. Back in Nebraska, he had fallen in love with a girl named Charlie, and they had been together for quite a while, and they actually lived in Lincoln, uh, for a time, hmm. um, and I guess he, where he grew up was around Stapleton, and so they were together and decided they wanted to get a dog, and so they got this rescue dog, Bella, and she was uh, like a lab mix, um, and like I say, she was always seemed to be happy. She was adventurous, and then he, Rob himself, kind of in the background after this military stuff, aspired to be an actor. So they did move out to Hollywood for a time, and he wasn't really having a lot of success. And his interests started to diverge from Charlie's interests. Um, So that kind of whole domestic situation uh, did not last. But their love for Bella was both strong, and they kind of like shared custody since they didn't have children. Yeah. But then once they were split up and um, Bella was diagnosed, then it was kind of... You know, he just kind of decided this was something that needed to be done. So it's it's just very touching. And he always refers to her as baby girl. Mm. And he kind of gives voice to what she might be saying in response to things that they do and and think about each other. And so he's giving her the voice. Well, Daddy, why, are, why aren't we doing this? Well, Daddy, let's do that again. So it's kind of sweet in that regard. But eventually the cancer just spread and and made her made her physical health much more difficult she eventually had trouble breathing and doing stuff like that so even though his goal had been to get all the way out to the west coast and have her do that they didn't really make it i believe that it was in colorado that she finally got so bad that he had to um, consult with veterinarians there and they all decided that it was best for her to have her be put to sleep so she was not suffering any more than she needed to be, even though she remained this happy, happy dog. Um, So then they did that, and um, they gave him her ashes. And so on the rest of his journey to kind of finish out his goals, he would spread her ashes here and there. Okay. And so, so that is the story of a dog named Beautiful. Bella. And when was that published? Just it relatively was, recent? Yes, it was. It was. We re- acquired it in 2019 at the library, and it was published in 2019. Okay. And so there is that, you know, for anybody that loves dogs, I'm sure this would be great. And then, like I say, there's that Nebraska connection, you know, and it talks about 
being a military person and everything. So just kind of an all-around neat story and how from his depths of despair from losing his brother and, and the diagnosis of Bella and then how he kind of, with her help and her example to him, came through his crises and, and is much more well-rounded now and strives to help others. And even at the time before he went on the road trip, he was actually had been asked by different friends of his who were doing relief work after certain disasters like Haiti and whatever, that he would go and help with a lot of those things too. So an emotional and somewhat serious story with moments of levity. Right. I see your other dog book in front of you is by Dave Barry. It is. Is that a little I, bit more humorous? I or? love Dave Barry. I just love Dave Barry. He's he just like his writing and his phrasing and everything, wording, I just I'm just very in tune with that. He just cracks me up. Uh, but he's a very, very smart person as well. And this is his, um, a more recent book. Again, this is also from 2019. It's called Lessons from Lucy, The Simple Joys of an Old Happy Dog. And so he's pictured on the cover with this gray-faced, smiling dog. So I decided since I had read this other one about a dog, I would take a look at this, Dave Barry. And it is very charming. Um, and he, um, basically, this was also a rescue dog. It really started with his daughter, who, oh, I guess she was maybe about seven or eight or something at the time. Please, can we get a dog? Please, please, you know, the whole thing where a kid wants a dog. And so he and uh, Sophie worked on his wife, and she finally relented. And so they went and found this rescue dog, um, and the name that the agency had given her was Monaco. And he, like I say, his turn of phrases just cracks me up. Michelle and I kept pointing out cute puppies, but Sophie kept going back to the hellish glowing orbs that were Monaco's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then he's basically breaking down his relationship and uh, Lucy's personality with lessons about life. And so his kind of thing now is that as he's getting older and older, he's getting kind of maybe more crotchety and isolating himself more really? from people. Really? Dave Barry crotchety? <laughs> and, you know, being antisocial and whatever. And how Lucy's all about just being happy. And he's got one of his examples is that in one of the hurricanes they went through, and he does live in Florida still, um, and this may be a little bit apropos to the times right now, but he's talking about in a pre-hurricane situation, they stock up on things, they buy batteries, whatever. All of us buy bleach. We don't know why. <laughs> and then he mentions, you know, all their other preparedness they're doing and about how, the, you know, here, here comes the hurricane, et cetera, et cetera. And then ends it by, um, you know, we have no power, no internet, no phone. And so now, let me tell you how the hurricane affected Lucy. It didn't. Mm. She's basically just, you know, needs a couple of things in her life. She needs food and she needs her people. And that's all she needs. And she's just perfectly fine. So then in this chapter, the example of the lesson is, don't let your happiness depend on things. They don't make you truly happy. And you'll never have enough anyway. That's Yeah, that's basically the gist of the book. So he's just going through lessons to be learned and, and telling these cute, amusing stories and cool. with his take on everything. 
There is a kind of an epilogue at the back of the book how um, their daughter at this point was ready to start college and came down with a, like a paralyzing affliction. She was actually unable to walk for quite a while and it just came on exceedingly suddenly. And of course they were frantic with what was going on and how she was gonna come through it. And so that kind of ends out the book. And then he just mentions, you know, be grateful for what you have, love the people who are in your life. Things could be worse, you know, and I think that's appropriate advice in any situation, really. And, and talking about how Lucy never takes things for granted, is never without joy at seeing her people around her, and that she's a comfort, and so many dogs feel that role as well of comforting people. Yeah. You know, it's it's a beautiful thing. All right, tell us again the titles and this authors. Is, this is Lessons from Lucy by Dave Barry and A Dog Named Beautiful by Rob Kugler. Excellent. While you were speaking, I had some titles that I was going to be talking about, but I realized that I have some dog-related titles that I can bring up, so I click okay. on the spur of the moment, came up with some quick notes. So here's what I've got to share on a dog theme. Uh, mine are fictional, or, or novel-based on dogs. Uh, I would say one of my absolute favorite audiobook series is the Chet and Bernie series by the author Spencer Quinn, who is actually the pseudonym of Peter Abrahams, um, so people may know him as either of those names. The Chet and Bernie series uh, is bas basically starts with a volume called Dog on It. Dog on It. Um, <laughs> the narrator of the Chet and Bernie series is Chet, who is a mutt. Uh, he is partnered with Bernie Little, who is a private detective in a unidentified location in the American Southwest. The dog tells the entire story. The dog does not, it's not like a magical dog that has the ability to speak <laughs> or anything like that. It's, it's not that kind we're of story. We're just hearing the dog's but we're internal hearing, We're hearing the dog's dialogue internal monologue. monologue. The problem is that although he loves Bernie and he loves being a detective alongside Bernie, one of his favorite goals in all of these books is uh, how they end cases by him grabbing, grabbing the uh, perp by the pant leg. Uh, <laughs> so that, that's his ultimate goal at the end of every story is to get the bad guy by grabbing the pant leg. The problem is Chet is a dog and is easily distracted. <laughs> and so in the middle of Bernie interrogating somebody, Chet will notice that there's a spare Cheeto that fell under somebody's couch and he drifts away and doesn't pay attention to what the, the discussion between the good guy and the bad guy is. He's just talking about the art of being able to find Cheetos um, hidden away in people's <laughs> furniture. And then he comes back and he's missed the entire description. And so we as an audience have also missed the entire description <laughs> of what's going on with the detective. But somehow Chet still pieces things together. Most of the volumes in this series, and there have been nine so far, uh, involve... Bernie, the human detective, being taken out of the picture temporarily, and Chet has to somehow solve the mystery himself or figure out a way to get to where Bernie is because Bernie's been captured by the bad guys or has been knocked unconscious mm. or something like that. And the, the stories can be actually quite emotional because the dog, Chet, as, as enthusiastic as he is, doesn't necessarily have all the skills he needs to solve a mystery. At the same time, he does have recall. He can remember things from that happened earlier in the investigation, but the moment that he sees a squirrel, 
it all goes out the window and he goes chasing after the squirrel and we lose the track of the mystery. Um, nonetheless, Spencer Quinn or Peter Abraham as an author, tells really solid mystery stories. They all hold together very nicely. The nice thing about these particular mysteries is that personality of that dog. It's just a wonderful personality. And I personally like the uh, audiobooks, which are narrated by the actor uh, Jim Frangione. And he has done every single one of the audiobooks. And I read the first book as a print book for our Just Desserts group here at the library um, and enjoyed it enough that I wanted to continue. And I'm glad that I continued starting with the second one with the audiobooks because they are now something I look forward to dramatically. Uh, the, the latest edition was number nine, which came out a year ago, called Hearts of Barkness. Uh, and there's a, ten, a tenth volume coming out later this, uh, this year in 2020. So if, if you're looking for a clean, fun mystery series that is narrated by an interesting character as opposed to just the detective himself, uh, the Chet and Bernie series by Spencer Quinn is definitely something I would recommend. And I personally recommend them as audiobooks. Uh, the library does have all but one of them as an audiobook adaptation. So there's, there's one dog-related one. The other thing I was going to say, uh, is that uh, one of the other things that I enjoyed reading in 2019, one of my co-workers pointed them out to me. Uh, we have a series of three books that are actually classified in the juvenile picture books, actually the juvenile paperback section, and they really should be in the adult humor section. They are the Find Momo books um, by the author Andrew Knapp, K-N-A-P-P. Uh, Andrew basically has a, a lovely dog named Momo, uh, that he took with him. He's a photographer. He's a photojournalist, actually. And he would take the dog with him on, on, on photo trips. And then he would discover that Momo had an interesting ability, or an interesting skill, I should say, and that is that he could position Momo someplace in a picture, tell the dog to stay where he was, and then walk two blocks away, the dog would just stay at attention wherever he was told to stay. He would be able to snap a picture of the dog and then like snap his fingers or call him and the dog would then come running. And the dog absolutely loved doing this. The dog liked playing essentially hide and seek. And so Andrew, as a uh, photojournalist, decided to turn this skill into something that turned out as a internet thing. Mm -hmm. If you go to gofindmomo.com, you'll find where this started, and he subsequently turned it into books. He basically does photographic hide-and-seek with the dog. He will basically visit some interesting place, put the dog in the background of a photo with maybe just the head peeking around a shrub or something like that, take the photo, <laughs> and then he challenges his followers on the internet and the uh -huh. readers of the book to find the dog in the photo. It's like, where's Waldo, mm. but with a, a real living dog in real in scenery. The three volumes that the library has are the original Find Momo, Find Momo Coast to Coast, in which he took a, a basically a driving tour from the East Coast to the West Coast, crossing from U.S. into Canada back and forth. And then he also did one, Find Momo Across Europe. And he doesn't just pick fabulous, well-known tourist sites. If he goes to Europe, he's not going to stand there and put the dog near the Eiffel Tower. He finds places that, that are less likely that people would have seen. Um, still interesting and fascinating places, but basically things that are a little off the beaten track. He goes and visits people who run little country restaurants and stuff like that, as opposed to going to the Champs-Élysées or something like that. So it's, it's a very fun series. The dog is just absolutely adorable. Um, and you can follow him online by going 
going to gofindmomo.com. But if you're interested in, in sort of a Where's Waldo for Adults, where it's an actual dog in the photos, I encourage you to check out the three books in the Find Momo series by Andrew Knapp uh, from the library system. Um, but be aware, they're in the kids section, not the adult section. So... Uh, to finish off our dogs, I understand you have one more dog. Well, speaking of adorable dogs, um, Snoopy is on the cover of this one. It is the Peanuts Papers, and that was just recently published as well. Subtitle for this um, is Writers and Cartoonists on Charlie Brown, Snoopy and the Gang, and the Meaning of Life. And this was edited by Andrew Blauner. And it is a um, series of essays and commentaries on Charles Schultz and the inimitable Peanuts comic strip and all of the products issuing from that. And I'm only a little bit into it. I've read about three of the essays. Um, and so far they are fairly academic, um, maybe not for everybody's enjoyment level, but what they talk about and the influence that you, you know, you kind of know how much influence he had, but really, do you really know how much influence Peanuts has had? And so this is kind of eye-opening in that regard. Are there many illustrations to accompany the there are There are just a few strips um, and sometimes an example of the person writing about them. Um, so it's it's other cartoonists, it's authors, it's critics, it's different different assortment of people. People like Umberto Eco is yeah. one of the contributors. And so they're they're tying you know they're tying it into things they're familiar with or that were significant to them. Talking about when they were a kid and first discovered peanuts. So just kind of I'm yeah I'm looking really forward to going through this. Are there any bit other, by bit? Other are really recognizable um, essayists that you can mention? Well, asset well there's authors like Maxine Hong Kingston. A lot of these I'm not familiar with. Anne Patchett has oh, one really? in there. Yeah, Bel, Bel Canto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Jonathan Franzen. Well, I, I will have to admit, uh, it is on my to-be-read list. I saw a copy of that on the new books display at the downtown library and snagged it um, not too long ago, but I have not had a chance to actually start sampling it, but the, the concept really sounded like yeah, something interesting. Yeah, and it's, you know, relatable in terms of me and you, because we both grew up loving peanuts, um, and we love the Charles Schultz Museum. Out in California. Santa Rosa, California. And they have their own website. So if you're interested in anything relating to peanuts, you can visit that. Well, considering how much of an influence he had over so many different people, not only in the artistic category, but just in, in life right, lessons. Right, right. And, and how, you know, kind of, like I said, I'm not into it real far so far, but how other people are analyzing how he brought in all these adult themes to these simple child characters and how that's, you know, you can think about it on different levels. Well, when, when and, you... and how Schultz himself always kind of thought of himself as not an artist, but he's a tremendous artist because he can do so much with a few little circles and squiggles and lines. Well, and, and, and it was... And just it was incorporating stri- such... Philosophy. I was going to say and... the whole strip was, in many cases, a lesson in philosophy. When you have your main characters stop and lean over a bridge and just look out um, and, and wow, talk about yeah. talk about what life means to them. Well, that, and, that's and not bringing exactly... up things like you know Lucy and Charlie Brown and the psychological struggle of uh, it, 
kicking the football mm. and how, you know, and this resonates and how the themes kind of seem dark a lot of the time, but always seeing humor in a situation or always rising above, you know, Charlie Brown is kind of the every man put upon person, but he's always there. He's always persevering. So I will encourage you to continue reading that one, and I will read the copy that I have checked out. Could you tell our audience one more time the title and the author? It is The Peanuts Papers. It's edited by Andrew Blauner. And that was a 2019 release. It is. And um, the two previous books I had, the Barry, Dave Barry and Rob Kugler, are also available on our OverDrive downloadable access. Excellent, excellent. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Casting About. Please remember that you can subscribe to receive Casting About in your RSS feed, and you can leave comments about this or any other library podcast by visiting lincolnlibraries.org slash category slash podcasts. The next time you're casting about for something good to read, listen to, or watch, visit your local library in person or online. Thank you.